Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to RUF. I'm so glad that you're here. RUF is a community of students hoping to grow in their love for God and their love for each other on this campus. My name is Lewis Lovett. I'm the campus minister. If you're new to RUF especially, you're so welcome. Uh, please introduce yourself to me if I haven't met you already. I know that as we gather tonight, a lot has already happened this semester, even in a week and a half. Many of you have already been through recruitment and pledgeship has started. Classes already feel overwhelming. The strain of relationships is heavy around your neck. You have a lot of other things you could be doing with your time. I just want to say thank you for stepping back and for being a part of this community tonight. We're going to start a series on the book of Philippians, which we'll be going through all semester. Philippians is written by the Apostle Paul. He actually brought the good news of the gospel of Jesus to the city of Philippi. You can read about that in Acts 16. And now he's in prison writing this letter to a community that he loves very dearly. So we'll pick, we'll pick up on more of what Philippians is all about as we go along. Uh, but for now, please open your Bibles if you have one. Look at your handout. Pull up your device. We're going to be looking at Philippians 1, 1 through 11. Philippians 1, 1 through 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is God's word. It's absolutely true. It's given to us because he loves us. Would you pray with me, please? Father in heaven, we're grateful for a chance to stop and to breathe, to be together as a community to worship you to celebrate your love for us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be at work through your word right now so that we might love you more. Amen. Uh, if, you are, if you are at all into, uh, into the sports world, if you're all following the NFL, you know that the NFL playoffs are happening. And you probably know that the Minnesota Vikings defeated the New Orleans Saints uh, in quite a dramatic way this weekend. Girls, listen up. I'm going to... This is important. Okay, I promise. <laughs> Uh, it's actually really exciting. Ten seconds to go in the game. The Saints are uh, the the Saints are winning. The Vikings have one play left. The ball is snapped to their quarterback, who's this guy named uh, Case Keenum. He's sort of like a he's like always been a backup quarterback his whole career, but he's starting now. Biggest game of his life. The playoffs, and he steps up and he just zings this ball to this uh, receiver named uh, Stephon Diggs, who like jumps up. This beautiful guy jumps up and catches it. And this guy who's who's guarding him dives to tackle him and, like, just misses. It looks really weird. You watch this slow motion. He just sort of dives that way, and he's standing over here. And he comes down. He almost falls over. He spins. He puts his hand down to keep him from falling. Doesn't go out of bounds. Runs, like, 30 more yards for the touchdown as time expires. Vikings win. 
Go Vikings. Beautiful moment. And, and uh, they, they showed this video over and over and over again on like ESPN of Case Keenum right after this play. And he's standing there with his hands on his helmet. And, and you, can, you can see him mouth, oh, my God. And then he just starts to jump up in the air. And he starts to scream. And he starts to just find people to hug. And he's running. It's just this moment of elation and exuberance and delight and happiness. And this video is like gone viral of this happening. And I wonder why that is. Because it's a pretty impressive touchdown. But like honestly, if the defender had just stood still and grabbed him and thrown him out of bounds, it, like the play would have been over. But because of the situation and because of the context of the game and what it meant for the team moving forward, one game away from the Super Bowl now, it, it turns into this moment of just sheer excitement, sheer enthusiasm, sheer delight. And we love stuff like that. Because what Case Keenum is experiencing, who said, I'm a huge fan of this guy now, he said in a post-game interview that that was the third best moment of his life after giving his life to Jesus Christ and marrying his wife. What a... You know what? Let's give it up. I'm like, man, I want to hang out with that guy. Holy, I've never seen him that cool. He's experiencing joy. It's this moment of pure, unadulterated joy. That's one of the reasons we like sports is because they have these moments of joy. And we watch this, and we like it because when you watch it, just for a second, just for a moment, you feel drawn into it, and you get to participate in that feeling of joy. Like, unless you're a Saints fan, right? Then you want to kill this guy. We We love joy. And we spend our whole life pursuing joy, pursuing moments and experiences, and accomplishments, and milestones, and trips that that will give us that sense of fullness in our heart, that rush, that exhilaration, that delight that you got to see this usually backup quarterback experience when he had this moment. And the good news for us is that God has actually made us for joy. He's made you for joy because he is a God of joy. He's the inventor of joy. He's the source and the giver of joy. And through the Lord Jesus, you can actually experience lasting and pure joy. You can. And and only in Jesus. Apart from Jesus, you can only experience it for a moment. You can only get a little taste. You can only get a little glimpse. But in Jesus, you can actually experience real and pure and lasting joy. Joy, And the reason you get to experience pure and lasting joy is that joy is the stuff of heaven. That's what heaven is like. That fullness, that delight, that emotion, that surge of delight and celebration, that's what heaven is like. That's what people who are in heaven experience all the time, that surge of rush and it. And it never, ever, ever goes away. We, we talked at the end of last semester about how we're connected to Jesus. We, we looked at John 15. You, you, you may remember. I'm sure you memorize everything that I say up here. John says that we abide in Jesus and Jesus abides in us. It's Jesus saying it, John writing it. He says, abide in me and I in you. That if we are connected to Jesus, then the mystery of our faith is that we are connected to Jesus who right now is seated on the throne of heaven in glory in the celebration of heavenly joy. And when you believe in Jesus, and I know not everybody here tonight believes in Jesus, but when you believe in Jesus, because you're connected to him, 
you have access to participate in the joy of heaven. You have access to participate in the joy of heaven. That's what Philippians is going to help us do as we go through this semester. It's going to help us in the reality and the messiness and the darkness and the grime of everyday life to participate in the joy of heaven through Jesus. So that means that every week we're going to be asking this question, how do we experience joy? Joy is uh, special. Joy is different from happiness. Happiness is delight that depends on something that happens to you. That's why it's called happiness. Joy is different. Joy is not dependent on what happens to you because it's connected to Jesus. It's connected to the stuff of heaven, which means that it is not affected by anything that goes on in your daily life. Here's, Here's what this does not mean. It does not mean that if you believe in Jesus, you'll feel joy and like everything in your life will just be peachy and fine and good and you'll never have any problems. And if you do, you better pretend like you don't because otherwise you must not be a real Christian. That's not what it means. And anyone who tells you that's what it means is, is lying to you. What it means is that the darkness you experience in your life, the pain, the loneliness, the anxiety, the depression, the grief that you experience, it cannot crush you. It cannot overcome you. Because you are connected to Jesus, which means you can participate in the joy of heaven, which nothing on this earth can overcome. It means that in the midst of the darkness and the pain of our lives, we can have joy. I want that. I want more of that. I need more of that. I think you do too. The the other reason we're talking about joy is because not only do we need it, but the world needs your joy. Your friends, your classmates, your teammates, your family, they're walking through darkness too, and they need your joy. So each week as we look at Philippians, we're going to ask this question, how do we experience joy? And tonight is, is just a brief introduction to this. But, but the answer to the question from Philippians 1, 1 through 11 is that we experience joy by participating in a shared story together. We experience joy by participating in a shared story. It has, it has three elements. And the three elements are uh, participating in a shared mission, participating in a shared destination, and participating in a shared experience. So first, uh, participating in a shared mission. This, this whole beginning of Philippians 1 is a, is a prayer. And it's a prayer that, that, that Paul makes joyfully. He says, I, I'm making my prayer with you for joy. So the question is, what is causing all this joy? Here's what we're going to look at. The first thing he says is this in verse 5. He says, it's because of their partnership in the gospel. Their partnership in the gospel. You, you know, if you're on a sports team, if you ever have been, there's a reason why you have a, a bond with the people on that team that's different than what you have with the rest of your friends. Because you have a shared side-by-side, shoulder-to-shoulder purpose and goal that you're striving after together. You have a shared mission. There's a reason why people say that pledge ship is the best thing you never want to do again in your life. Did people say that around here? People told that to me when I was in college. Because it's terrible, right? I see you guys. I see you. It's terrible. But there's this beautiful thing where you have this common purpose, this common mission, this thing you're trying to get through, and that binds you together in a way that actually makes you experience joy. And if you're a Christian, then you have this side-by-side, shoulder-to-shoulder, shared task, shared goal that is the highest, most noblest, most virtuous, most beautiful thing that there could be. 
It's a shared participation in the mission of the gospel. It's a shared participation of this hope and this effort and this intention to see the good news of the love of God for sinners who he saved through Jesus to extend into every part of our lives, into every corner of the world. That's what we share. That's the mission that we share. And what that means is that if you want to experience more joy, you need to increase your participation in the mission of the gospel. It means you need to reach out to that friend who has been on your heart. It means you need to invite someone. It means you need to have hard and awkward conversations. It means you need to pray for your friends. If you want to experience joy, you need to increase your participation in the mission of the gospel. This terrifies us, doesn't it? Because we tend to think that uh, we'll fail, or we tend to think that we'll burn bridges, or we tend to think that we'll be embarrassed, made to look like a fool. We tend to think we don't have enough good things to say or enough right answers to hard questions. The reality is, if you increase your participation in the mission of the gospel you'll actually experience more joy. And it's always something you do with other people. Which means that when you have a friend on your heart, you get someone else to pray with you for them. It means when you're looking for something to invite them to, you invite them to come into a group, a community that you're already a part of, something like this, or a small group, or a supper club, or whatever it is that you do with your friends. The reality is that fear is keeping you from joy. When you increase your participation... And the mission of the gospel, your joy will increase. So my, I have three challenges for you tonight. My first challenge is this, is to consider who that person is on your heart right now. And think of a way this week to increase your participation in the mission of the gospel. To have that first conversation. To give that invitation. Who could that be this week? The second thing we, we read that Paul says that causes his joy is a shared destination. He says this in verse 6. I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of the Lord. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of the Lord. So what does that mean? It means we rejoice in what God is doing in other people. It means we experience joy when we delight in what God is doing in other people. This is also very hard for us. It's not as much scary, but it's hard because instead when we look at other people's gifts, we tend to compare ourselves to them. We tend to either judge them or get discontent about ourselves. We tend to get bitter. We tend to create more space. And unfortunately, that's going to do two things. It's going to hurt your relationships with your friends. And it's going to hurt your joy. Because it's going to turn you into a cold-hearted, bitter, self-focused person. And what we have to do to experience joy is to train ourselves to delight in the good gifts that God has given to other people. So my second challenge for you this week is to find someone this week and have a conversation where you encourage them about what you see God doing in their life. Where you say, hey, I see God working in you in this way, and I just want to tell you, I think that that is awesome. I think you're a really gifted public speaker. I think you're really just so diligent and faithful in your schoolwork. I think you're so kind to people who 
aren't really kind to you. I think you're so humble when you get attention. I think, I'm describing myself. I know. That's just <laughs> Find someone this week. Have that conversation. We have to practice that. We have to train ourselves to delight in the gifts of others. And when you do, guess what will happen? Your friendships will deepen so much, and you will experience joy because you will remember that you have a shared destination. And here's what that is. If you are a Christian, God has started something good in you. He started something good in you. And when God starts something, he finishes it. And that thing that he started is your perfection. It's your glorification. He's turning you into this person. And this is a day that's coming for you if your faith is in Christ. That there is a day coming when everything about who you are will be completely and fully utilized for the good of others and the glory of God in a way that brings you complete joy and satisfaction. And a day is coming when for the people around you, God is utilizing their gifts and everything about who they are in a way that exists for the good of others and the glory of God. And even that will bring you overwhelming joy and satisfaction. That's a day that's coming. We see little glimpses of it now. We have these areas of our lives that we want God to perfect here and now. And sometimes that might happen soon, and sometimes it might take a whole lifetime. And for some things, it will not change until we are raised with Christ. But that day is coming. That shared destination is there. And we have to train ourselves to live in light of that now. So that's my second challenge, to find someone this week to encourage them about how God is at work in them. Lastly tonight, we experience joy through a shared experience. Paul says this in verse 7. He says, we read, uh, we read this. He says, uh, it is right for me to feel this way about you. This, he's talking about joy and affection. Because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace. Notice how everything we're talking about tonight is about each other. It's about the community. You are partakers with me of grace. Shared experience is, is the root of friendship and is the root of joy. Uh, part of working for RUF means that uh, two weeks of the year, one in July and one in December, I go to uh, RUF staff training, which is a retreat and conference of uh, prayer and fellowship and worship and teaching and training to encourage uh, all the people who work for RUF, about 200 pastors, national staff. And about how many interns? 300, 200? High 200s. Uh, And uh, I have this special group of friends within that community, and uh, whenever we get together for training, we always set a night aside, and we go have a really special dinner together. Uh, When we we go to Denver in December, we go to this restaurant every year called uh, Old Major. If you're ever in Denver, I highly recommend checking out this restaurant called uh, Old Major. Uh, Old Major has this 24-ounce Aspen Ridge Farms 50-day dry-age ribeye steak on the menu. (laughs) It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. This thing, uh, it's it's huge. It's 24 ounces. Okay, that's that's large. Uh, And the the 50-day dry-age means this. It means that, like, the the outer layer of the steak has dried into this, like, almost crunchy bark that is caramelized as they sear the steak. But the inside is so tender, it almost dissolves in your mouth. And if, I mean, if you get this steak over medium rare, like you're insane, okay? And, and it comes uh, pre-sliced on this, like, wood, thick wooden tray that's, like, three inches tall. Um, and there's this huge, huge pile of large grain sea salt for you to 
sprinkle as a little garnish, and this house-made herb butter that you can spread on there. This 24-ounce steak is designed to be shared by two or three people. There are six of us in this dinner group, so we just order three of these for dinner every year when we go to this place, and we just feast. We, we just eat, and we drink, and we talk, and we share. We, we always uh, bring pictures of our kids, and so now, of course, we just do on our phone. We, the first thing we do is we pass around, everybody pass around pictures of their kids. We talk about how we see God at work, the things that are encouraging in our life, and our marriage, and our ministry. We talk about the things we need help in, that we're struggling in, that we need grace, that we need forgiveness. It's this, it's this incredible night of partaking together of something good, of partaking of this steak, this special meal. And, and this one night twice a year fuels this friendship that, lap, that, that lasts for the whole year. I was talking to these guys on a group meet like today. We talk every week. We partake of something good and it unites us in joy and in friendship. It connects us. And if you are a believer in the love of God for you through Jesus Christ, then you are partaking of something with other believers that is so sweet and so beautiful and so good and so tasty. It's better than any meal. It's better than any worldly experience. This thing that you partake of together is the grace of God. It's the freedom and the peace that come from experiencing a God who forgives us, who knows us, who sees everything in our life, and who loves us enough to send his son to die for us, to rise from the dead to conquer death, to give us his spirit to empower us to a life of hope and joy. And when you share with a community of people that partake of that together, it leads to the greatest possible joy that there is in this world. So in order to partake, to be partakers of grace like this, we actually have to train ourselves, just like we did before. We have to train ourselves to live lives of grace. And so my, my last challenge to you tonight is this, is to consider the relationship where you haven't offered forgiveness because you've been too proud or where you haven't been willing to forgive because you've been too hurt. And this week, move towards that person. We have a chance to live in light of this reality now, and when we do this, the same things will happen. Your relationships will deepen, and you will experience the joy of sharing in the reality that we are all forgiven by God because he loves us. We experience joy through our shared mission a shared destination, and a shared experience. Uh, the, the Chronicles of Narnia have, have always been some of my favorite stories. Um, and my, my favorite moment is from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which he wrote first, so you should read first. I feel very strongly about this, okay? Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the, the very first time you get a taste of what Narnia is like is when Lucy first discovers the wardrobe. And she's hiding from her uh, brothers and her sister in a game... And she creeps, uh, cre- creeps open the door, and she walks inside. She, she closes it. She leaves it a crack, of course. She knows you never shut yourself in a wardrobe and close the door behind you when it's in a magical world, obviously. And, and she starts to move towards what she expects to be the back of the wardrobe. She keeps going further back, and she keeps not feeling the back of the wardrobe. She's just feeling empty space in front of her and these fur coats against her shoulders and the wood of the bottom of the wardrobe under her feet. And then things start to change, and eventually she realizes that her shoulders are brushing against the branches of trees and her feet are crunching against snow on the ground and then her eyes open up to the wintry sky 
of this magical land of Narnia. Uh, and really what this whole book is about is about this journey of going further on and further in towards this magical land and ultimately towards Aslan, the king. And when she goes back after just a little glimpse of this and goes to her brothers and her sister, what's, what does she do? She insists that they come in with her. She insists that they follow her. She insists that they experience it too. And so I, I, I want to begin this semester with an invitation to come further in. That, that wherever you are, to come uh, further in to the community of God's people. Because the, the community of God's people, which RUF is an expression of, is a community of joy. Because we partake together of God's grace, of his story, of joy. It's a part of our life together. So I want to invite you to come further in. One of the ways I want to encourage you to do that is uh, through the RUF small groups. If, if small groups are something you haven't checked out before, I want to encourage you to check out that email. Can, can we get like some sign-ups in the back? Can some people help me with that? We're going to get, we're going to get some, some paper in the back so you can sign up for those, the, the groups that meet. Um, they're, on your, they're on your handouts if you want to know the times and the locations. What, what that is a chance to do is to come further in, to come further into a community of joy, to come further into a place that is honest about the brokenness and the hardship of our life but insists upon our connection to Jesus, which means we fight for joy here and now because Jesus is a God of joy, and he shares that joy with us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do praise you for connecting us to the joy of heaven. And I pray that you would help us to come further in as we begin this semester, further into you and your love, further into this community so that we might partake and participate together in who you are and what you're calling us to. Thank you for your goodness to share that with us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.